promise. That's the um, title of the message this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning and thank you, Father, for the 90 years and the years that are to come. We thank you, Father, for the people that are here, the people that have rooted and grounded this uh, work, the people who have gone on and are now part of that cloud of witnesses cheering us on, saying, make a hundred Make even more. We thank you, Father, for all of that and for what you are still do and are doing in this ministry today. And so, Father, we just ask that you would open up our hearts to receive the word of God. Father, we ask that our minds would be clear, that our spirits would be attuned to what you are saying. And, Father, it is our desire that we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's his name we pray. Amen. So people of promise, turn to uh, Genesis 11, 28 to 12, 5. And it reads, and Haran died before his father Terah in his native land. Now, Haran was the brother of Abraham, but at this time he's called Abram. So that's what we're going to hear as we read this. Uh, <clears throat> In Ur of the Chaldees. Then Abram and Nahor, Nahor is his other brother, took wives. And the name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. But uh, And Terah took his son Abram. And his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his uh, son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. Someone say that. The land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. Now, where were they headed? They were headed to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. That's the promise. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. Now, there's a lot there, and we're not going to touch on those on those things. Uh, that's for another time. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. That's another message. And, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
Then Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. At this time, hopefully, I didn't send it too late, we have a map. Now, that's the journey. And if you can see on there, you can see where that Haran is. See, Ur is down there in the Babylonian Empire, okay, just, you know, south of Babylon. And they traveled north following the river. And things were pretty good over there, so they stopped in Haran. But where did it say that they were headed? And we can see where Canaan is. They stopped there. Okay. So Canaan is the promised land. The, the pro, but the, that's not what the promise is. Okay. You know, here's a funny thing. A lot of times when we think about the promise, we think of something physical. You know, that job that I'm going to get. You know, that's kind of physical because it's all about, you know, how much money you're going to make, right? <laughs> or there's, you know, that house. Oh, of course, it's the house. And that first house is not the house. It's that next house. <laughs> that's the house. And then that furniture you got, it, you know, it's pretty good, but it's not that furniture. It's the furniture. Okay, we think about physical things when we think about, you know, that promise. And, and God, you know, yeah, he, he promises us that he will give us the desires of our heart. And that's another message. And I'll give you, I'll do a little commercial here. Um, you know, that verse says uh, in Psalm, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, the, he won't just give you what you want, but he'll give you the desire so that you want the right thing. So when you want what God wants, and he'll give you whatever you want. Let me say that again. When you want what he wants, he'll give you whatever you want. But don't stop in Haran. All right. So how do we inherit, not, not just inherit, how do we take hold of the promise? Because we are people of promise. First, we're people of faith. Hebrews 11, 8 to 10 lets us know. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Now, this is Hebrews talking about what happened in Genesis. By faith, what is Hebrews 11? Hebrews 11 is the, um, the, the, the passage or the chapter that we call the Hall of Fame of the people of faith. Okay? Because... There's, a per, there's one person after another person after another person that's mentioned in that chapter. And everything that they did and everything that they received and everything that they became was all because they were people of faith. So we are people of faith. And so it says, um, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him 
of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, in this verse it said, he went to a land where he didn't know where he was going. Now, first of all, we have to understand what that means. It doesn't mean he was just wandering around, you know, led by the Spirit, just wandering around, not knowing where he was going, but the Holy Spirit. That's not what it means. It means that he didn't know what it was going to be like over there. He didn't know, you know, if I say, okay, growing up, I grew up right on Washington Street, okay? And so if someone said, you know, to go to, um, can't you remember the name of the street now? <laughs> to go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll use the street. To go to J Street in Somerville, okay? I knew that I was going to my godmother's house, okay, on J Street. But before that, what's the name of the street? Glen, Glendale Ave. <laughs> okay. Before that was Glendale Ave. And guess what? I could get on my bike and ride there, and not only did I know where I was going, when I got there, I knew what to expect when I got there. Always a lot of love there, okay? <laughs> but so, so I knew where I was going because I knew what it was like over there. Abraham didn't know what it was like over there. And a lot of times, when God is leading us, you know, we don't know what it's going to be like over there. We have certain expectations. So maybe as you're looking for this job, and, you know, you have a choice, right, between job A. Uh, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me wait on that. <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so he didn't know where he was going, uh, but... By faith, he went out anyhow, okay? Just trusting God that everything was going to turn out all right when he got there. Amen? Are you willing to step out in faith and go where God says, not knowing what, it was going to, what it's going to be like? Are you willing to find out? Well, listen, even though Abraham didn't know, okay, he went anyhow, P.T., there is a place for this church. Okay? You may think you're going to get there one way, but God has a place. Okay? Now, we're talking about a physical place. You've been looking in the natural for that physical place, right? But there is a place that you don't yet know where it is, okay? You don't know what it's like. You're trying to figure out what it's going to be like. You're trying to paint your picture in the mind's eye. And, uh, but if you just take that step that God gives you when he gives you directions through the bishop and he says, you know, we're going to, that doesn't make sense. How could we do this? But remember, he's a man of faith. And you are people of faith. So when it comes the time to take that step, whatever it is, maybe he's already declared it because I, ha I haven't been listening to the anything because I said I, I just want God to speak. <laughs> okay. Uh, I see some nods and okay, but I, I don't know anything. He hasn't talked to me. Did you talk to me? <laughs> okay. Uh, I wasn't even sure he was going to tell me the theme. <laughs> 
But when, when that time comes, recognize, just like Abram, he has a place for you. Now, when you get to the place, guess what? You're not going to find necessarily everything that you expect it to be like. Okay, when you get there, there's work. When I think about IFC, when we got to our first place, you know, it was like, oh, this, is a, this place is big. Okay? And, um, but the amount of paint we had to put on that wall, the amount of repairs, and the amount of things that we had to do, and staying up, you know, late and coming home late, getting up early and, and doing all this with just a handful of people. And you know what? The, we, we got the place. Yes. We turned the place into a different place. Yes. Okay? We turned the place into a sanctuary, a place where the spirit of the Lord was. And people came and they received the word and lives were changed. And, you know, and the rest is history. And you may say, well, God has already done that. Look at what we have down on Magazine Street. And uh, I can't remember if it's north, south, east, or west. <laughs> That's why I say Magazine Street. You know, you know wait, wait a minute. You know, back in the day, you know, now you, you say PT. Well, it wasn't until we were teenagers that that term PT came about. Before that, it was 77. <laughs> and it was 211. And it was 789. And it was 47. And then it was 5 and 7. What's 5 and 7? <laughs> Are you hearing me? <laughs> okay, so, so at, God has a place for you. So just follow the, you know, follow the, 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 the word of God and, and go where he's. Now, for individuals, now I'm talking about, you know, for the church. Okay, this is our home. This is our family. This is okay. But I'm talking also about individuals. You know, there is a place for you that you don't know yet of in the church. And he has prepared a place for you. And so if you will take that step, you say, well, you know, I, I thought I might want to serve in this area because, you know, I can sing real good and all this, but God has a place for you. Now, it may not be singing or it may not be playing because, you you know, if you really want to sing, then open your mouth and sing when, when, when praise and worship is going, <laughs> going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if the place he has for you is on the praise and worship team, then good. If the place he has for you is in the band, then good. But if the place he has for you is changing diapers, then that's good too. I mean, right now, my wife and I, we are going through, we're in the middle of a transition. And, and, I, and I don't know why I'm calling it a transition. We've transitioned. <laughs> And transitioning means changing dirty diapers. You know, we, we have our, we're in a period of time where our uh, oldest daughter, Erica, and Jamie, her husband, and four grandchildren, the youngest two being two-year-old twins, the next one a bo- boys, the next one um, a four-year-old boy. And with those, t- <laughs> you know, boys, we finally caught up. Because <laughs> I had two girls, no boys. And now I've got two son-in-laws, and I've got three grandsons. 
and one granddaughter. Okay, so we've, we've more than caught up. But the thing is, we have put in, you know, so much time in, in ministry to, to prepare and help that place of ministry, that sanctuary, do what it's supposed to do. And now we've transitioned so that it is um, a time when our children are doing uh, that same amount of work of the ministry. You know, uh, I hope we've set a good example, you know, but they're doing that same amount of time. They're putting in that same amount of time. They're working hard, et cetera. And guess what? If we were not in the place that God has put us for this time, they would not be able to do what they're doing. It took me a while to, to, to really, for my mind to transition. My body had already transitioned. Guess what? Because when there's a poopy diaper, there's a poopy diaper that needs to be changed. <laughs> and when mom and dad are not around, okay, and you've got twin grandsons, I might be able to push one off <laughs> to Denise, but guess what? The other one's coming. <laughs> okay, so wherever God has you, Make use of that time, but only camp out where, at the destination that God tells you to go. Okay. Let's move on. <clears throat> so we're people of faith, and we're going to obey God no matter what that is. And then we're people of the Holy Spirit. Turn to Acts, and verse 2, 2 to 5. And he, talking about Stephen, one of the seven that the apostles had chosen. And Stephen said, brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. If we could put the map up again real quick and then go back to the verse. Okay. Mesopotamia is down there Ur, where Ur is in Babylon. Okay. Okay, let's go back to the verse. When he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran, and said to him, get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved him to his to this land in which you now dwell. And God gave him an inheritance in it, not even an and, oh, sorry. And God gave him no inheritance in it, not even enough to set his foot on. But even when Abraham had no child, he promised to give it to him for a possession and to his descendants after him. Now, here's the thing. When you read the Genesis account, you think that the first time God tells him to go to Canaan is when he's in Haran. There's nowhere in Genesis that it tells us that when he was in Ur of the Chaldeans, that's when God spoke to him. But here, Stephen tells us, before he was in Haran, God spoke to him. Okay? Now, if you go back to the first verse, I discovered something else. And this is where... Um, uh, in, I don't have verses here, so it's, it's further down. And 
So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Not when he just spoke to him, as the Lord spoke to him, but as the Lord had spoken to him. There was a time before this time. And so this is the second time. What happened? He traveled. Now, first of all, he probably said, you know what, Dad? It's time for me to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to head out to Canaan. You know, I don't know him if I'm there, but I'm, I'm heading out to Canaan. So he heads out. But then his, his father says, you know what? I'm going with. And so now the patriarch, we know of Abraham as a patriarch, but his patriarch was his dad. And Terah said, wait a minute. Let's go, folks. Let's pack it up. We're all going with Abraham. Okay? But now he became the leader. And when they got to Haran, I'm not even sure if it was called Haran then, because remember, his firstborn, his name was Haran. And when they got to this place, it looked so good. And so we said, let's name it after your brother. So they named it after his brother. And this was a good place. This was a flourishing place. This was a place that, you know, looking at the map again, it's not too far from the river. It's a nice fertile area. In fact, uh, historians, archaeologists call this the Fertile Crescent. All Wait a minute, isn't that the desert? No, this is the Fertile Crescent all along the river. When you go east and when you go west, that's when you hit the desert. But this area is the Fertile Crescent. And so things were flourishing. You could throw seed in the ground and it would grow up in a day. No, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. Everything looked good. <clears throat> and so you are people of faith being led by the Holy Spirit. Don't get stuck in Haran. In fact, make sure that you follow the will of God all the way. In fact, when you have two choices for a job, there's job A and job B, and you go through that list. Oh, this job is closer to where I live. Uh, This job, I don't have to get stuck in all that traffic. This job, you know, pays more. This job, they're going to give me a car to use. This job, this job, that's job A. There's job B. It's a good job, okay? It's just as good, but it's not in as good a place. You don't have as many perks. When you go down your list checking off, it's a no-brainer, right? Choose job A. But the Holy Spirit says, no, choose job B. Choose job B. And now we can, we can say, but I'm a man of faith. And this is what I've been, I've been sowing. And, I've, and this is my time to reap. And you're going to choose job A. But the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Yes. Now, it may be green. It may be in the fertile crescent today. But you didn't know that five years later, this job was going to dry up. Yes. Okay? Not that you got fired. Maybe the job itself just dried up. Maybe there's no longer a company that you're working for. So all that money that you're making, yes, well and good, but now you're without a job again. But the other job was the place where you were going to grow. You were going to grow in position. You were going to grow in in finances. You were going to grow 
and it didn't matter that it was father, but because you obeyed the Lord, this job becomes, and who cares what happened over there? You know, when you choose, when you're driving on the road and the Holy Spirit prompts you, remember, we're people of the Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I don't know, well, you know, that's going to take me longer to get there. So with the times that I disobeyed, at least I didn't get into an accident. But guess what? <laughs> I, I run into traffic. And if I had gone the other way, just listening to that prompting of the Holy Spirit, then I would have gotten to my destination sooner. Now, there are other times that just following, I don't know anything about whether there was traffic, whether there was an accident, whether there, you know, I don't know. And who cares? But because I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, I did and got to where I was going. And I may not see all the results, but eternally would tell what the benefits were because I was obedient and because I went the way and I didn't get stuck in Haran. Don't get stuck in Haran. Uh, you know the P and PT? You know what it stands for? Pentecostal, which means we are people of the Spirit, people who are filled with the Spirit. Before we, um, we're going to take a commercial break, and it is time for uh, the young people to... Head on out. And as Pentecostals, we are spirit-filled people. Well, at least we should be. And if you are not yet spirit-filled, you know, we can fix that too, right? All right. <clears throat> but spirit-filled <clears throat> is... Not so you can speak in tongues. We get to speak in tongues so that we can fulfill what God wants. Spirit-filled people ought to be spirit-led. And we are not always spirit-led. I know of some non-spirit-filled people who are more spirit-led than spirit-filled people. <laughs> and, and that's a shame. You know what I'm saying? We need to be not just spirit-filled, but spirit-led. The P in, in, in uh, PT stands for Pentecostal. So we are going to be led by the Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit leads you, don't get stuck halfway. Follow him all the way through to the land of promise. And then, uh, and then the third thing, we are people of promise. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You know something? You can't speed it up. You can't speed it up, but you can slow it down. It's easy to slow it down. All you have to do is not follow through and not be obedient, and not, and you slow it down. Now, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He's not going to change his mind. He's still going to do what he said he's going to do, provided that we get back on track and follow what the Holy Spirit has said. Okay? So, whatever God has for this church, guess what? You've got to obey. You've got to follow it through. 
You have to be led by the Spirit. <clears throat> you have to recognize that you're people of promise. It may seem like it's taken a long time. You know, to me, and I've been around for a long time, I was offered up, dedicated as an infant in this church. Some of you didn't know that. Most of you probably didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> and as I grew up, you know, and seeing that, you know, it was, went through that period where it was the same old, same old. And then in my teenage years, you know, there was a revival among the young people. And, you know, things began to move. And, you know, some of the leaders, I'm not naming names, said, you young people, you know, we got to slow this down. <laughs> and so, and so it got slowed down <clears throat> to the point where everything that God wanted to do amongst the young people didn't take place. Some were scattered. Some were scattered because God said, you know, if you want to follow me and reach the place of promise that I have for you, you have to leave. No condemnation on PT, but you have to leave. In fact, I was in, I was in North Carolina, and <clears throat> I was, um, you know, leading a Bible study, and et cetera, you know, there on the campus, and, and uh, uh, I was hearing some good uh, word teaching at, at the Bible church, and uh, went to a, a great fellowship that was there on campus, United Christian Fellowship, and I was going to two different fellowships at one time and everything, and, and then that then that summer, I came back, and I was sitting in my usual spot. Sister right there with the, with the short, I know, behind you. Um, what's your name? Ashley? Right where she said, I think that was my seat. <laughs> <laughs> and so I come in, and I'm sitting there in my usual spot, you know, okay, and I'm listening to the sermon. And, you know, Bishop, not this bishop, Bishop was, was very old then, right? And um, I'm listening, and, you know, he's telling one of his stories. You know, I heard it, yeah, I heard it before, et cetera, et cetera, you know. No, no. And so, you know, I just said in my heart, you know what? I'm not getting anything out of this. And the Holy Spirit spoke up as loud as if, in my heart, you know, no one else heard it, but as loud as if he was speaking to me, that like he was sitting right next to me, he said, that's because you're backslidden. <laughs> I went, what? I don't drink or smoke or chew or go with girls that do. How, what do you mean I'm backslidden? <laughs> <clears throat> and then the Lord showed me, you don't have that passion for the things of the spirit that you had before you left here. Mm. I mean, I was teaching a Bible study. My wife would tell you it was one of the driest Bible studies. <laughs> I had Greek in college, and so I was throwing out my Greek, and, you know. <laughs> and so I repented right there. I went back to North Carolina that fall for my second year, and everything changed. Everything changed. I began to get more. I began to spend time praying in the spirit again. 
I began to read the Bible, not just to, you know, do my, get prepared for my Bible study. I began to, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. I began to go, I went back to writing in my journal. And as I was writing in my journal, there was a young woman who was writing in her journal. I was writing about, Lord, you know, forget about, you know, the dating and all this. I want the woman that you have for me, and, and I don't care. I'm going to go back to the church where I feel I'm being fed and, and everything, and I'm just going to trust you. And in the meantime, God was speaking to uh, this young lady, and she was writing in her journey, a journal about, you know, uh, she wanted to follow God and, and do what God had, you know, had for her at the same time. And when that fall, that winter came, I came back from, you know, it took time for God to really produce that change, okay? But there was a promise there, okay? And during that time, a lot of problems started happening. I was taking my exams, and and I got my comprehensive exams, and I got, and I was failed in, in my comprehensive exam because there was this political thing going on behind the scenes. It had nothing to do with how I, how I was doing but in that time, I said to Lord, I said, Lord, I had now met Denise and everything. I said, it doesn't matter if I n- never get my degree so long as I'm here because you've called me here and I leave here with my wife. <laughs> but, you know, it took some time before you see that. You don't have to go through heartache, problems, troubles before you get to that point. You can slow it down. You can't speed it up, but you can slow it down because you're not following the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's conclude here. So, so what's the promise? We already said that the promise was not Canaan, right? But the promise was what God was going to make him a great people. The promise is God is going to make PT a great church. And you say, oh, we already are a great church. You ain't seen nothing yet. Okay? Now, amen. Now, you can compare. You can, you know, say, you know, we're going to be a great church like, and then compare some large church that you know. And, you know, forget those comparisons. Because it's not about the numbers are looking like, now, when you're, when you're a great church, guess what? The numbers come. But in terms of how many, that's not what's important. What's important is the amount of the influence that you have. The amount of the sending that you do. Because when you send people from this place, you ought to send them with your blessing to fulfill the plan and purpose of God. Amen. Billy Graham, great preacher. Great ministry. Not hundreds, not thousands, but tens of thousands of people over his lifetime. Maybe hundreds of thousands of people came to know the Lord through his ministry. Great ministry. But it was his Sunday school teacher who led him to the Lord and encouraged him. Without him, you have no Billy Graham. Without you, there may not be another Billy Graham. There may not be another Bishop Green. 
It may not be. You see what I'm saying? When you do your part and fit into your place and in the place that he has prepared for you, when you're led by the spirit, when you're walking by faith, then this is what happens with your promise. Psalm 2, verse 8. He says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. In other words, the ends of the earth is our possession. Okay? That means everywhere you look around the world, at some point, we'll be seeing people from PT. Now, that's influence. Okay? This scripture says, ask of me. I'm going to give you your promise, your inheritance. But what's your inheritance? It's not things. It's not property. It's people. The nations, that word nations in Hebrew is goy. You know, when they talk about the goy, the Gentiles, okay, the non-Jews. That's how it's used today. But back then, it, it meant, yes, everyone who was not part of us, I'm giving them to you as your possession. Okay, we don't need to get people from the church down the street. Okay? Some people have a problem, another church springing up where there's so many good churches in one city and everything, yet the majority of the people in the city don't go to those churches. They may not go to church at all. Okay? It's those people. That's your inheritance. That's your promise. And so we reach out to them. We bring them into the kingdom. And whether they end up in your physical building or not is not the issue because they will end up in the kingdom of God, and that's what we are doing. Amen? We are building the kingdom of God. In the New Testament, the word is ethne, which is where we get the word ethnic. Ethnic groups. Well, we can see that already. Right here in, in PT. And you're not just from Barbados in the islands. <laughs> not anymore, right? <clears throat> okay, you might be from an island, but maybe it's off the coast of, uh, of China or, <laughs> or whatever. You're, you're from various parts of the world or your, your background is from various parts of the world. And some of the people who are coming here are coming here so that we can fill them up with the word and fill them up with promise and send them out. And some should be going back, maybe because they thought they came to the United States to go to school, etc., and this became their Haran. I'm talking to someone right now. <clears throat> but this was only meant to be for a short period. You're not supposed to get stuck here. You're supposed to keep going. This was just a watering hole. This was just a place to get fed so that you can go back and change the nations where you came from. And so we see the promise being fulfilled that the nations are our inheritance.